just a reminder, here at That's So Chronic, we are dedicated to sharing personal stories. We are not advocating any type of treatment, therapy, procedure or intervention. Everyone is unique, so please seek professional medical advice before making any decisions for yourself or for others. Welcome to That's So Chronic, the podcast where I, Jess Bryan, interview some incredible people from around the world that are thriving and sometimes only just surviving with chronic illnesses, life-changing injuries and potentially disastrous diagnoses. Today, after a couple of technical difficulties, I'm joined by singer-songwriter Annie Vander, and we're talking all about her diagnosis of complex regional pain syndrome, or CRPS. In this episode, Annie shares the accident that subsequently changed the course of her career, the diagnosis process, what CRPS even is, how she manages her symptoms, the inspiration behind her latest single Falling Into Nashville, and I learn about an amazing therapy technique with a mirror. I'm sorry, I can't stop thinking about how I used the word subsequently before. (laughs) You can really tell that I've been deep in essay writing mode this last week. But anyway, I loved getting to chat to Annie and I think you're going to enjoy the episode too. Welcome to That's So Chronic. I'm not going to lie, I'm always so impressed when I manage to get the time difference correct. So I'm very happy that we've both uh, appeared online at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you are joining me from Nashville, Tennessee. Is that correct? I actually go down to Nashville a lot, um, but I actually live about one hour away from Chicago. Ah. So Chicago, Illinois. But so I live in a town called Yorkville. Amazing. Um, So I actually live about eight hours from Nashville. Okay. Well, everybody listening at home, I promise me thinking that Annie's in Nashville isn't weird when we hear uh, her song that she has released recently, but we'll get to that, I'm sure, in a little bit. But when I was reading on your website, you are a singer-songwriter, but the journey hasn't necessarily been plain sailing. In 2019, you had an accident and you were then diagnosed with a diagnosis of complex or chronic regional pain syndrome, which we're going to chat more about today. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Thanks for having me. When I was reading more about you and I was chatting to your publicist, she mentioned that you had always had an interest in music, but your life sort of went on a bit of a different path. So I'm wondering, where do we start your story today? <laughs> where, does, where does all of this begin? Oh, goodness. So the song, the reason that my publicist got a hold of you, she was the one who really helped me promote falling into Nashville. And I use falling into Nashville as a metaphor for falling into music, which for me happened after my accident. Okay. And so that all kind of ties into the the whole journey with CRPS and stuff like that. Basically, I living in Chicago mm-hmm. <laughs> area, it was a 60 below day. Uh, it was January 30th, 2019. My husband and I were going to leave for a Southern Caribbean cruise where it is like 85 degrees and sunny yep. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so we're in the middle of a polar vortex at home. We have our bags packed. We're ready to go. The Uber, 
I don't know if you, do you guys have Uber out yeah. by you guys? We do. Yeah. Okay. So Uber was on the way to come and pick us up and bring us to the airport. Almost every flight was canceled that day, <gasps> except for ours. And yeah, it because the temperatures, the planes just weren't getting off the ground. And oh it my was, God. Um, you know, I don't understand enough about aviation, but I knew we were one of only a few flights to get out. So I was so excited about that. And uh, we were worried that our pet sitter wasn't going to be able to get to the house. Like her car might not start because it was so cold or, you know, maybe the garage door wouldn't open. So we wanted to make sure the neighbors had a key to get in. Yeah. So uh, my, I told my husband I was going to walk to the neighbor's house, you know, because it's just the neighbors. He goes, yeah. it's too dangerous to walk. So he drives me. <laughs> well, I took three steps out of the car and I was just walking too fast or not paying attention and, and I slipped oh, no. on the ice. Ice melt wouldn't have worked anyway because it was so cold. And I just remember being so frustrated and screaming. And I didn't know if I was screaming because I actually hurt or yeah. I was just aggravated. And then I told my husband, I just need to lay down a minute. He's like, you got to get up. You got to get up. And I'm like, why are you yelling at me? He goes, get yeah. up. I burned my face on the ice from, you know, just like frostbite. Wow. It was, it wasn't actually frostbite. It was like frostburn and that happened in like two seconds. So that's where like, if I wasn't in shock, I should have known something was wrong because it's 60 below and I said I wanted to lay down. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but I shattered my wrist so I could go on and on about the story, but basically I shattered my wrist. I should have been healed in six to eight weeks like people normally do. I did have to have surgery to repair it. They put in a plate okay. and screws and pins and all the stuff. And after... After surgery was like a week later and then after a few weeks after I started physical therapy things just started to go south it's like I started going okay. backwards and that's when I was diagnosed with chronic regional pain syndrome so basically in all of this I I had my own business I worked with animals for like 20 years I worked as a veterinary technician and then out of that I started my own pet care business we did pet sitting dog walking dog training so I had to close the doors for that for, for the time. And then it just, I thought, okay, I kept hoping like maybe this is going to get better. Maybe it's going to get better. And, and it didn't. So I just, I didn't know, I didn't know what my future was going to hold at that point. I ended up, we had a friend who drove me a few times a week for months into the city of Chicago, which is like I was saying, a little over an hour of a drive back and forth to therapy. And mm -hmm. during that time, when I didn't have therapy days and other stuff, there was a karaoke machine in my house and I would just sing. And I, and okay. you know, in hindsight, I'm like, it's really, it kind of became distraction therapy. Cause when I did that, it just was like, I forgot about the pain for a second, not thinking that that that's what would happen. But then, you yeah. know, the more I learned about the disorder, they say that singing stimulates the vagus nerve and there were so many good things about it and you know, all of that. So then backtrack a little bit more. When I was younger, I was I was in band and I did choir. I did all the things, right? And but I just never pursued music because you just I don't know. That's not probably the odds of, you know, most people don't make a lot of mu money doing music. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I got a normal job and, you know, all of that. So if we circle back and we chat a little bit more about receiving your diagnosis. Yeah. So basically I broke my, I broke my arm in, or my wrist in January. Surgery. Oh my gosh. I just realized it was February 7th, 2019. It's the anniversary of my surgery. I don't know why that like it, oh my god so crazy so four years ago today I was having surgery to rebuild my wrist 
That's yeah. so weird. Wow. Okay. So anyhow, yeah. So like, you know, as I'm recovering, I'm like, yeah, you know, like it, you'll be fine in six to eight weeks, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then I don't remember the timeline between surgery and and starting – it was occupational therapy okay. is what they started okay. me in. But when I was there, I just remember everything was going okay until all of a sudden it wasn't. Okay. There was a night where I remember sitting on the couch and I, I – it in the evening, my dog was I, – I love my dogs to death. And one of them, well, he was just snuggling by me and I woke up on a Friday night and I was like screaming in pain. And I told my husband, I'm like, oh my gosh, PD broke my arm again. He must have laid on it funny or something. But my therapist had already – she she kind of noticed that swelling was kind of starting to come back anyhow. Okay. And where we started to see improvement for the first couple of weeks started to regress and go back. And then it was like that one night, all of a sudden the pain just escalated and then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. The swelling was getting worse and it was just, I don't know. And then it started traveling and it would like go, okay. uh, it started going up into my shoulder and, you know, and even though I broke my wrist, it's, and then into the, like the middle of my back and blah, blah, blah. Right. So that's when she referred me out to see a different therapist. That's when she said, you know what? You can't see me anymore. Go see this therapist in Chicago. I okay. could lose my job. Don't tell anybody that I sent you there, but he'll he'll know how to treat somebody with. And I was so grateful that she did that um, yeah. because this guy seemed to know. I, what I found out with this diagnosis is that there's so many people who can't find proper treatment. Yeah, and I don't know if anybody really knows what the proper treat proper treatment is because it's, it is rare. So after the days of going into the city, because that was all the way in the city of Chicago. In my downtime, that's when I found I rediscovered music, and yes, yeah. um, and that's that's falling into Nashville. And really, it's I wanted I wrote that song after I was back to work for somebody else, after I lost my business, after knowing I also my mother also she passed away in 2010, and she had something happen where she fell down and she broke her shoulder. Right, and they always said she had fibromyalgia. And she just eventually they said she died of unknown neurologic disorder. Okay. And in hindsight, we think CRPS is probably something that she had and it was just undiagnosed. Mm -hmm. And I just remember watching her whole body just kind of lock up and her being in extreme pain. And so as I was, I was terrified for really that whole year because it was from January to November that I was going through all the therapy and treatment and stuff. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, oh my goodness, I lost, I lost my business. I, my mom, am I ever going to live a normal life again? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, so I feel so grateful that I have. So when I was ready to start getting out of the house and doing something, I found a job at a window company and they've been super, super supportive of this new music career, yep. <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. And then, so if that's November, 2019. So if you fast forward like three months, now it's or COVID. Yes. So now I've got time off again. Yeah. So I I kind of like kid around about it. Me a friend of ours does. He's just like, well, he goes, you were just practicing for COVID in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> like I was home. I'm like, that's not funny. No. <laughs> but, but I'm like, okay, you gotta. I mean, everybody has to laugh about 2020, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's not the right thing to say, but that's how I deal with things sometimes. It's is just staying positive and Absolutely. trying to laugh through everything. Yeah. When they mention that 
this is CRPS. Had you ever heard of it before? Like, had anyone ever mentioned it about your mum or was this brand new information? It was brand new. And so my mom, her stuff, she went to, oh, she went to, I want to say it was Rush and Northwestern and all these different doctors. And she would have like a whole neurology team and all different teams from different departments trying to figure out what was going on with her. And, you know, and because it's like her... Her mom, oh my gosh, it's, I can't even describe, well, even the pain with CRPS, I can't describe, but that's why I think like, it's like, I swear it's just in hindsight, it's yeah. like she broke her shoulder and then it's like everything just kind of moved and traveled and like other things started locking up. I remember a day going back to her house to help because I was already married and out of the house at that point. And she said, Anne-Marie, you have to help feed me. She's just like, I broke my arm. And I'm like, I don't, and this also taught me the diagnosis myself, a big lesson in empathy. Cause yeah. I was like, why can't you use your other arm? I'm like, this arm's not hurt. Just use the, your other arm. But it's like everything, like she would touch different things and it just hurt. And like, yeah, just things that you just don't understand unless you've been in those shoes and like, Oh God, I don't wish it on anybody. Yeah. But yeah. So it's, so they never figured it out with her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know 100% that that's yeah. what it was. But, you know, after talking to my dad now and, you know, other people in the family, like we really feel like that's she probably was just undiagnosed. Yeah. And, and again, while CRPS isn't what ultimately, you know, you don't die from that. It's she died from a pulmonary emb- embolism yeah. technically and unknown neurologic disorders, but she was bedridden for five years. Wow. So yeah. So while I had, while I had the time off during COVID, I had a number in my back pocket for this artist coach coach in Nashville. And I was like, well, I have time, you know, and it's like, since music was always something that I always, you know, I, I kind of wanted to always dive into. Yeah. You know, I said, I've always just sung other people's music. I've done other things. I want to start writing my own music. And the first song was a song about my mother. Mm -hmm. And then the next song was falling into Nashville. And it was all about the journey. And I literally woke up at like midnight one day and just thought like I had the chorus in my head. It was like fell into Nashville, fell into Nashville. And I go down on my little keyboard and I'm like, okay, I got to get this on like a little recorder so I don't forget it. Yeah. And so like over the course of time, I sat there and because I want to say the lyrics started one of the lines. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, it was I, something like I fell down and broke my wrist, then came life's biggest plot twist, and I fell into Nashville, fell into Nashville. But I'm like, people aren't going to relate to that, right? Yeah. So I want to make it universal. So anybody who's going through whatever it is, whether it be a breakup, a divorce, a, a job loss, somebody, you know, like whatever your hard time is, right? You fall into Nashville, fall into the music, you you find your happiness. There's yeah. a song for everything, Right. So that fell down and broke my wrist and came life's biggest plot twist turned into um, then life knocked me down and God turned my path around. Yeah. And so, yeah. So that's kind of the story of that. And that's where the like and it everything is just I feel like I've now been in this roller coaster in a good way. Yeah. Um, and like I've just been able to take off and do some things with music and it's been a godsend. And I never thought that a diet and, and also help be a voice for people with yeah. chronic pain and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, because it's, this is something that a lot of people don't know about and to come out on the other side to, to just one be okay. Yeah. And to have most days pain free 
and then to have this on top of it, I I almost feel guilty. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I want to be able to help people as best I can and try to raise awareness too. Yeah. Like you mentioned, a lot of people don't necessarily understand what chronic pain is or especially CRPS. If someone's listening and they yeah. have absolutely no idea what this condition is, how would you describe it? And I know that it's extremely difficult to explain when a lot yeah. of the medical professionals don't even really know <laughs> what is going on. But in your words, how would you describe complex regional pain syndrome? So basically, oh man, I it's hard, like, yeah, it is hard to put into words. Obviously it, it comes from a, a traumatic injury or it can happen after stroke or heart attack. Yeah. And it typically affects one limb. So the pain that comes with it, basically someone's brain doesn't process pain correctly and you get stuck in this pain loop. And if you could imagine sticking your hand, I guess the best analogy I, I could come up with it for it and maybe sticking your hand in a bucket of ice water yeah. and you know that horrible pain that you get, well, stick your whole entire arm in there and imagine never being able to take it out. And that pain stays forever and ever and magnify yeah. it by like a million. Wow. And it's just, I, I there's really just no words for it. And it, I, it's, it's terrible pain. Sometimes it would, you know, I, I didn't have it where I, I guess some people have had it way worse than me. And I can't imagine it because the pain, they call it, it's nicknamed the suicide disease because of the extreme pain. And yeah. I can see why, mm. you know, I felt why and it's, um, but yeah, I mean, really, I think just, it was the days that, you know, I had a, a good group of friends and family around me who helped keep me distracted. You know, I, I, there were days I remember going out, my husband and I had just moved into a brand new house and a friend of ours was helping us shop for furniture and things like that. And I remember I, I had fun while we were at the store, but then I would get back to the house. I was like, so what? You know, like yeah. I've got this night, like I'm, I can't enjoy it anyway. All I can do is sit on the couch. I can't even see it in the other room or why does it matter? Because if I'm going to, you know, I just, I was starting to lose hope with some of it, but yeah. then at the same time I was like, you know, someone would be back or I got up and started singing or, or doing, so I could see where it was easy to fall. It can be easy to fall yeah. into that and focus on just the negative stuff. But every time I went to therapy to the therapist I had in Chicago, I'd come in and he'd be like, how you doing? And I'd be like, oh, this hurts and that hurts. And he's just like, hey, he goes, but the sun's out and it's a good day. And he goes, you look better today. And I was like, sometimes I was like, hmm. yeah, I felt like he was dismissing me. Yeah. But at the same time, he was like a jokester and he like really helped keep my spirits up. And I feel like, you know, and I really took that lesson there from him. And I like to think of myself as an upbeat and fun person anyway, <laughs> but, but he just like, it's like he just, kind of kept me in a, a good positive headspace. Before we carry on with the interview, I wanted to quickly jump in and say thanks for listening to That's So Chronic. If you didn't know, That's So Chronic has a monthly newsletter over on Substack. Every month, you will get the latest news, episodes, and recommendations straight to your inbox. If you're interested, you can sign up at the link in the show notes. All right, back to the interview. You mentioned that you are in remission now. What was that process like? I'm wondering how long that took until you, you know, felt confident to say, yes, I'm in remission. And if there was anything that you were able to do treatment wise or 
pain management wise to get you to where you are today? So I don't think that there's, and that that's the scary thing with CRPS. There is no one set treatment that works for any person because, and I think because a lot of people don't understand it. Yeah. I was given some painkiller, you know, like just, I don't even remember what they all are, were, but a lot of different narcotics and things like that. Yeah. And I, I remember not getting enough of them too after surgery. Like they didn't, they did not manage the pain well okay. right after. And I don't know, like with some of the stuff that I read, could that have contributed to me developing it? I don't know. But I do remember my, I, I do think it was one, it's mindset. It was, you know, staying as positive as I could through everything. Two, it was, I got myself off of some of the the narcotics. Okay. And I remember like I would be between doses and there was, um, one of the girls, she was our, she was the pet sitter who was going to take care of our dogs while we were going to go on the cruise. Mm. And I remember calling her and saying like, Hey, can you, uh, still help with the dog, yes. but I'm going to be here. <laughs> but anyway, the point of that is she was there. I was home and I was like, you know, she's like, do you need me to get you anything? And it was a, um, and I said, I think I'm, she could tell I was in a lot of pain and I was due for another pain med. Yeah. And, you know, I thought I was, but then she's like, and you really shouldn't have it for another two hours. I'm like, I can't believe the pain in between. And she was actually, she said, I wonder if your body's like going through withdrawal because you're supposed to be kind of weaning off of them now or whatever. And so is it that, or is it that your body as actually is in pain or is it just like the CRPS and my body, you know, the weird pain loop? Yeah. I wasn't sure, but I went and got a medical card because during one of my therapy sessions, I remember one of my therapists, a friend of mine, he was, we were kidding around about something because we were always joking about whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, our friend, Tony, he goes, um, I think you need to go home and smoke a big bong. And I was like, what? Yeah. You know? And then the therapist goes, I think you should. And I was like, oh my God. Um, he goes, no, seriously. And the poor guy, his wife was just diagnosed with cancer. And he's like, my wife is going to get one. And if it helps her, you know, it, that's, and he's just like, he, he just said, you know, do anything you can do to relax, you know? And, um, yeah. so I, yeah, so I did do that. And also in therapy, we did uh mirror therapy and basically it's where you take your, affected limb and you hide it away from your sight in a mirror. So basically the the therapist had me he took my he's he had me take my good arm, my right arm and I placed it and he had me mm -hmm. straddle this full length mirror and he's like take your right arm and uh put it in front of the mirror. I was like, "Okay." He goes, "Now hide your left arm behind it." And I was like, "All right." And I love seeing your face while you're like, "What?" <laughs> Cuz that's exactly I've like never heard of this before. Oh, you haven't? Okay. Okay, no. so your reaction right now is exactly how I was. I'm like, this okay. guy's a wackadoodle, right? I totally thought he was nuts. <laughs> but I'm like, but everyone says he's like the most brilliant guy, you know, like when it comes to PT and helping with injuries like this, you know, the neuroorthopedic, whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. I've, or maybe it's a joke because he's a jokester, right? Yeah. So hide my affected limb behind the mirror and put the good one in in front of it. And then he goes, he goes, what do you see? And I, and I looked at him and he goes, no. And he goes, look back at the mirror. And, you know, and then he said something again. And it's like, I think he lured me to look away from the mirror so he could say, no, don't break sight with the mirror. And then he did not have me break sight for like five or 10 minutes, whatever it was. 
But when he said, what do you see? I said, my hand. And so I'm still thinking he's crazy. He goes, you see your right hand or your left hand because your right hand in the reflection looks like your left hand. So he would have me like yeah. make a fist and here I'm doing it like subconsciously now. All the things I couldn't do. I couldn't make a fist. I couldn't, you know, like turn my hand, you know, right side down or, or it was kind of just stuck where it was. And he's, he just had me do all the things that, you know, I want to eventually be able to do. And then he goes, try as best you can with your left hand. And then eventually you actually start feeling a sensation like your, your left hand is moving. So I, whether or not all wow. of this work together, it's just like, you know, singing, staying positive, distracting myself, you know, and, and the weed and yeah. in the mirror therapy, it's all so unconventional though I don't want to say staying positive is unconventional. I think that's just a good practice for everybody. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, those are the things that I did, you know, and I just tried mm -hmm. to keep myself busy as best I could. And, you know, with what I could. And, and, and that, that was, that was really it. I just, I don't know exactly how I got there, but those are, yeah. yeah. And therapy for me, he still did like the regular like manual manipulation and all the regular PT exercises yeah. too. But, but the mirror therapy was mm -hmm. definitely something different. Oh, and, and there was also an app that he had me use. It was called recognize. And I had to like, okay, it showed like different hand positions and, you know, like it was like time to see if my brain could like recognize this as a right hand, a left hand. And I don't know. So brain retraining, maybe. Interesting. <laughs> You have obviously found such a positive thing to come from this, and that is, of course, you know, your career into music now. But I'm wondering, how did it feel having to stop all the, like, your pet care business? How did that feel when Terrifying. you had to? Okay. <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where, how I got to, and I still, I guess I I feel bad. To, like I surprise myself sometimes because like I can say like this week I actually had, I had a little scare this week. So I guess, you know, I'm technically in remission, Yeah. you know, and most days are pain-free and stuff like that. But I was at the doctor and, you know, I pulled a muscle in my neck and my left arm was hurting, you know, like a little more than it has in a long time. And I was like, oh no, um, you know, it's like, so it, it's always like in the back of my head, like, yeah. is this ever really going to like completely flare up? But I really have to kind of pay attention that to my body and just make sure I'm not overstressed and overworked and, and stuff like that. So yeah, losing my business out of it all. I think that combined with the stuff with my mom, I, I just, I probably sat on the couch at home for, I, I don't know how long and just like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah. What am I going to do? So and I think I tend to, I don't know if I'm a procrastinator with some stuff or what, but I tend to be like, okay, you know what? Well, I don't want to deal with this. I'm not going to focus on this, you know, without actually saying that to myself. I'm, I just would, I, a friend came over, she brought a coloring book and I was coloring with my right hand because it was just something to do. Terrified is the best yeah. <laughs> way to describe how I felt. Yeah. You touched on it before when we were chatting about your recovery, but how important has a support network been for you through all of this change? Oh, um, very much so. I don't think that I would be in remission without that. I I don't think I could have just with the pain meds and in the level of pain that I had mm -hmm. or, you know, even when I was 
because when I got the medical card, and that said, when I got it, I didn't use it to the point I was high all the time. It just yes. was like, you know, to it was some days I was, I'm not going to lie about that, but some days, you know, like it, but not, that wasn't like my goal with it, but it yeah. was, you know, other narcotics too. They just make you feel loopy. So I wouldn't have been able to drive myself to therapy in different appointments. And yeah, and my friends keeping my spirits up, it, it really helped. And I think that just kind of just steered me onto the right path. So when, you know, when I don't need them there all the time, you know, physically, then I, I could stay in a good headspace. But that's important for everybody, I think. Yeah, definitely. Just for life in general, but especially, it really helped me learn who my really super close friends are, like ride or die friends, right? Like the ones who, <laughs> but yeah, that it's, it's so critical. And to have people who really understand it. Yeah. Or at least are empathetic. Yeah. I don't think anyone will truly understand chronic illness unless, you know, and especially specific to, I, I can be empathetic to somebody who has a different illness, but I, you know, I'll never understand it because I'm not going yeah. through it. Yeah. And I think that's what made me realize, like with CRPS, I can describe it to somebody, but I'm losing my microphone here. No one's going to understand it completely un- unless you've been through it yourself. Yeah. When I was watching the music video for Falling into Nashville. Oh, you watched it. I've, of course I've watched it. <laughs> but when Thank I was you. watching, I was thinking that if nobody knew what you had been through, like they, they just, you just wouldn't be able to tell. And I'm wondering if the somewhat invisible nature of CRPS. Has that ever impacted you at all? Yeah, I would say like there are definitely certain situations where I think people don't understand. Like if I have to excuse myself from stuff because it's just like, you know, like I can tell my body's getting to a point where it's like, okay, I just can't handle this. And brain fog comes along with it too, you know, different yeah. things. And you know, sometimes I'm, I'm just not, I'm not me. And they, they just look at me and think like, you know, and I, it's like, they don't have to say it, but sometimes I kind of feel like, you know, they, they kind of look like, well, what's wrong with her? You know, it's, yeah. but it, it kind of comes with it. And I've, I think what I've learned to accept with it is that no one's going to take care of, no one's going to take care of you and look out for you better than you. Right. And, you know, if you can't take care of yourself, you also can't take care of everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and other things around you. So I I have to remind myself of that. And I think, too, like, you know, when you go through something super traumatic and you learn who, who your true, true friends are, they understand. And really, at the end of the day, that's that's what matters. And I just can't – I can't say, especially now that I've been in remission for a good – one, two, like three years almost. And, you know, it's like, sometimes it's like, you know, I, I like to feel like I'm, you know, part of normal society now. Right. But especially like at the job and things like that. So, you know, if people get frustrated with it, I need to remind myself, like I, if I don't take care of myself, I might not be able to come back. I'm going to put myself in this situation. And I, I can't say it doesn't hurt, but, um, (laughs) but I've learned to cope better. And, um, it just, I just keep pushing on and I, I, I'm me. So (laughs) if that makes any sense, I don't know if that's really the best answer. (laughs) No, it does. It makes total sense. And I think that's so important, but it's so hard to be able to find that energy to put yourself first a lot of the time. It makes me, it almost makes me feel lazy sometimes, even though Mm. I know like CRPS has forced me to slow down with some stuff. 
And then when I do, and especially now, like with the music and working, because I'm still doing both at the window yeah. company, it's like, okay, like my doctor just told me is like, you need to slow down somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's some stuff I have to cut back on. And it's like, okay, you know, it's, and it's great because the music stuff is getting busier and that's what I want. <laughs> but it's yeah. like, I want to be able to do everything, everything. And it's just, I don't know. It's the whole, the whole acceptance thing I think is, is hard. So yeah, definitely. I'm sure a lot of people listening will be able to relate to that as well. Yeah. So what is, what is next for you? What does 2023 look like for music health wise? How are you feeling this year? Ah, well, other than, so I, like I mentioned earlier, I, I strained my neck and had some things that, I don't know if I had said that part, but my, my arm flared up, I strained my neck a little yeah. bit, but it's okay. Like it's nothing I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with it. It's good. You know, and mm-hmm. it's the doctor just reminded me, he's like, you're overworked. He's like, but you know, so you need to, he's like, and the music stuff, he goes, I'm not going to tell you to stop doing that. He goes, you've got a great opportunity. So he goes, exactly. don't stop. He goes, but you need to balance some things out. So, so there's that. That said, I just, uh, we did a photo shoot for my next, uh, for the single cover for my next release. I was down in Florida doing that earlier in January. And then in, in, and then we finished up the vocals for that track that, that track is called tonight. It's the first actually right here is the first time I'm even saying the name publicly anywhere. (gasps) That's iconic (laughs) exclusive. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, it is. So, yeah, so Nicole knows about it, but we didn't say it. I just, you know, so it will, the the single name will be tonight. Um, We don't have a release date yet. All I know is that it's probably going to be mid to late March, maybe early April. And then I'm going to have another song coming out in the summer called He, Himself, and Him. Okay. So tonight is a love song. And then He, Himself, and Him is, that's just going to be a fun, super sassy song that is, I don't know. They're they're all different. They're yeah. both of them are different than anyone. So, so yeah, we've got two singles coming out soon and, or I do, but I, I always say we, because I can't do this. I've, you know, I've got a, an awesome producer. Yeah. I've got Nicole, my publicist, you know, and, you know, it's people like you who, you know, like take the time and thank you for having me. (laughs) And, you know, it's, you know, all the musicians in the studio and my husband who supports me and stuff like that. So when I say, yeah, we have this coming out, it's definitely a we thing. It's not, I've got a single coming out because I can't do this without everybody else. Yeah. If you could go back and you could say something to yourself, perhaps after you've been furniture shopping and you've come back inside and you're like, well, what's the point? I'm not going to be able to move from this couch. If you could go back to that time and say something to yourself, knowing everything that you know now, what do you think you would say? (laughs) Oh gosh. I think if I told myself that I would be, that I would tour the radio with a chart topping single falling into Nashville. I, I don't, I almost don't know if I'd want to say that. You'd be like, there's no way, um, there's no way that's possible. <laughs> I know. I'd be like, wow, she's crazy. <laughs> so no, I, I probably would just say, Hey, you know what? Like you, I, I would probably just let myself know, like, you know, it's okay. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You're on the right path and you'll find remission. And, and, and I'd probably still let myself be surprised. If that makes sense. Yeah. I wouldn't tell myself anything that's going on, yeah. but I would just let myself know that I was just so I didn't doubt the path that I was on. Yeah. Cause that's probably one of the scariest parts of, of the illness is not knowing 
you know, like no one really knows what's going to work because people who've reached remission have done all different things. And there's not, a, like I said, not a set treatment and no one thing works the same for anybody all the time. So it's just, yeah. So that's what I would say. Amazing. <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> yes, it's going to be okay. Well, I'm really excited to keep up to date and see uh, and hear all of the new music that will be coming from you. Where can people find you if they're, they want to know more? Oh, well, thanks. And yes, you can find me. I've got my website. It's AnnieVanderMusic.com. I'm on Facebook. You just find me under Annie Vander Music there. Instagram is Annie underscore Vander. If you want to see my dogs and a lot of just random stuff, I'm also on um, TikTok. That's Annie underscore Vander. But the music you can find on YouTube. You can find on Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, all the all the big streaming platforms. So yeah, yeah. So, and that's just under Annie Vander. Brilliant. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you for having me. It was fun talking. Yay. And sorry about all the technical difficulties. <laughs> oh, it's quite, me too. <laughs> and thank you to you for listening to another episode of That's So Chronic. Just a reminder that links to everything Annie mentioned in the interview will be in the show notes, as well as links to That's So Chronic on Instagram and TikTok, the Substack, and a Google form if you're interested in sharing your story. If you want to keep up to date with new episodes, make sure you've pressed follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your other favorite podcast app. Your support truly doesn't go unnoticed, and it really means the world to me. I hope you have a lovely week, whatever you're getting up to, and I'll see you next time.